And we're back. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Try Hard Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Stephen, and with me today is Brian, and we're going to break down week 10 of the NFL in terms of both season-long and DFS. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing excellent. How are you today, Steve? Pretty good, pretty good. We got a lot to get through, so let's move into it. Uh, We're going to go into our, we'll go game by game. Uh, give some of the uh, fantasy relevant players talk about whether you should start them sit them maybe play them in dfs in those games we'll do our dfs head-to-head and our um, just some dfs like talking points that that have been coming up as we're as we're talking about our um, plays this week so last week uh, when we pick when we picked these games brian went 11 and 3 i think i think this is tied for your best week uh, so far, Brian, I think you also had another eleven and three week. So yeah, you're I think 70, so. I think pretty close. You're seventy six and forty three on the season. I went nine and five. I'm sixty five and fifty four on the season. Both, you know, solid records. But you're kind of pulling ahead here, up eleven games with not very many left to play. Um, you know, if, if you would have only stuck with your Colts pick for the Thursday night game, you would have picked up a game already. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so. Each each week, Brian picks three games against the spread, and he fails miserably on picking them correctly. Uh, but this week, he nope, no but he just failed miserably again <laughs> picking them correctly. He was wrong on the Seahawks, wrong on the Chargers, but he was right on the Vikings, uh, picking them against the spread. Uh, I guaranteed you a win from the Dolphins. I said they were a decent team, and they're going up against. Um, I think people overrate the Cardinals because they have a solid offense, but um, yeah. Dolphins beat the Cardinals. Anything on on that, Brian? That was a shocker to me. I uh, I really, really doubted you, and you were right. So, uh, kudos to you, my friend. Dolphins are a solid team. I, I totally agree. I just I th- I thought that the Cardinals at home uh, would be too much for Miami in Tua's second start, but Tua stepped up. The Dolphins in general stepped up, and we're you know. We're going to have to watch them going forward. The AFC East is actually an interesting division uh, and without the Patriots being a factor in that whatsoever. Patriots. Um, okay, moving into the games. The first game we got a real just like, you know, head-to-head, you know, probably shootout, probably most exciting game of the week, the Texans at the Browns. The Browns are three-point favorite somehow. Um, the over-under is 53.5 points. David Johnson is out. Duke Johnson is in. Duke Johnson used to play for the Browns. Do you care? I care for DFS, and I care if I'm desperate in season long for a new flex or a running back. Uh, but that's about it. I don't expect big, big things from Duke Johnson. But he should be in line for a solid game. Just keep in mind that last week... You know, after David Johnson went out, Duke Johnson averaged like two and a half yards a carry, and that's kind of the norm for him. So don't expect that he's going to come in and with 20 carries have a shot at 100-plus rushing yards. That's just not going to happen. I think you're looking at, you know, 60 yards rushing and then five, six catches for another 30 yards, and and that's probably right in line with what you should be expecting out of Duke Johnson. You think he can get 14 or 15 points? Oh, Yeah. Really? The Texans have no, like, this is another situation. We've seen this a couple times. When the starter goes down, like, the Texans have no other running back to give touches to. So I think Johnson's probably going to end up carrying the ball around 12 times and probably get six or seven targets. And that he's just going to garbage his way into 13 to 16 fantasy And you think he can average five yards a carry? Oh, absolutely not. Well, that would be 12... 12 carries for well, 60 okay. yards. So, I, I mean, yeah, so my, okay, I get it. Yes, my, my two predictions didn't line up correctly. But uh, 40 to 60 yards rushing, you know, 30 to 50 yards receiving, uh, and four to six catches, somewhere in there. But around 13 guess, to 15 fantasy points. If he gets in the end zone, he's got a good shot at 20 fantasy points this week. So he he's not a dud. He's just, he's mm-hmm. not super exciting. This isn't like when Kareem Hunt was playing without Nick Chubb. I would say the only chance he breaks 10 is if he scores a touchdown. But that's that's me. Um, I, mean, I think he got 16 last week. So Nick Chubb and Austin Hooper are coming back off injury. 
I think they're both on IR, weren't they? Yes. Yeah, they're both coming back off IR. You know, bless bless your season-long teams. Um, but in terms of DFS, how does this affect the Browns' offense? So I think we go to the return of the Browns being an extremely run-heavy team, even more so than the first couple of weeks of the season, given that uh, Odell Beckham is out of the game and, and out of the season. And I think Nick Chubb steps back in his starting role. You know, Kareem Hunt was good, but not great as the every down back for Cleveland. And so I don't foresee any situation in which Nick Chubb doesn't, you know, immediately regain the role of having 65% of the carries and, you know, 30% of the running back targets. So he's going to be the better running back to own in Cleveland, but neither one is going to be truly elite unless Cleveland just dominates this game, which I don't actually think is going to happen. So who you got? I got the Texans in an upset. Oh, I actually have the Texans as well. Okay. Uh, Eagles at Giants, America's game, America's NFC East game of the week. Uh, Eagles are three and a half point favorites. The over under is 44 total points. Miles Sanders comes back from injury. Is he... He's obviously going to make your lineup. Um, is he a DFS play? He seems very overpriced this week, just coming off back off injury in DFS. Is that just so, me? So, yeah, it's not just you, That, but that's everybody. Everyone always underplays players coming back off injury. Everyone wants a prove-it week. They want to see you do it before they trust you again. Uh, but Miles Sanders is going to be the every-down back for Philadelphia Uh, When Boston Scott was starting against the Giants a few weeks ago, he put up a solid fantasy week around 18 points. I think Miles Sanders can easily do that again. And I definitely think he's right back to being an RB1. And I think he's going to be a terrific DFS tournament play because he's going to go vastly under-owned compared to his projection and his price tag. Fair enough. Um, Evan Ingram is averaging one catch on every six targets, I think. Um, does that make him a tight end one? Yes, because he gets 10 targets a game in, in the past few weeks. Uh, and and you are being a little bit of uh, hyperbolic in that. He doesn't have a great uh, catch rate, but he's getting enough volume, and the tight end position is terrible, as we talked about earlier this week on our midseason review, that... I think Evan Ingram is a tight end one, as will should be Dallas Goddard, who only got two targets in his return from injury a week ago. So he needed that prove it week. But I do think is likely to step into a larger role once again, even though Philadelphia actually has two reliable wide receivers now with Travis Fulgham apparently being a real thing and Jalen Ragor back from injury. Tried to tell you. You did? So for a lot of you, though, um, Alshon Jeffries on the waiver wire. Interested? No. He he is a guy that I think deserves needing a prove-it week because he gets hurt so frequently. And I just don't know that the Eagles trust him. I think they're not benching Fulgham, and I think they want to give Rager a lot of snaps to prove his value given that he was their first round pick. So I don't think Jeffries steps in as more than the third target on this team. And even then, I don't think there's any value in him. Who you got? I got the Eagles. Who won the last game against these two? Or is this their first time playing each other? I believe the Eagles. Give me the Giants then. All right. Next up, the Jaguars at the Packers. America's game of the week. Packers are are 14-point favorites. you say that for every matchup? I think so. Um (laughs) No, Aaron Rodgers came out and, you know, he was a little critical of the NFL. As a, You know, I don't think that Packers could be an American team anymore because Rodgers sounds like a socialist being critical of the NFL and their their COVID testing protocols. But anyways, uh, the Packers are 14-point favorites. The over-under is 52 points. I think Packers probably score more than 52 points. Um, Jake Lutton put up 304 yards and two touchdowns in his first game. Can he do it against Green Bay? 
first let me just before i answer that first let me just say i love that you throw in these little quips and asides about things like aaron Rodgers and covid but we have too much to cover that you know i can't respond to you and so we just have to sit there and, and socialist. let you pontificate and, and make these claims um but yeah again we don't have time for it but in second uh no i don't think gluten uh duplicates that performance that he did against houston green bay is a better defense which isn't saying much uh, but Green Bay also has a better running game. I think they get up big against the Jags, as you mentioned. The Packers could score 52 on their own and you know, just kind of let their pass rushers pin their ears back, go up for the quarterback, and then you know, wear out the clock with Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, who will both be healthy in the same game for the first time in quite a while for the Packers. How many uh, points did he get? 25 points his last game. Oh, he also ran for a touchdown. I see. Yeah, he had, he had one passing touchdown, one rushing touchdown. So ended up with a very good fantasy day, even though I'm sure you know virtually no one started him. But I, I'm just not buying it again against the Packers. And especially given that DJ Shark may miss this game. He hasn't practiced yet this week because of an illness, a non-COVID illness, but still concerning. All right. Uh, who do you think, Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams? This I, I got to say, like I don't think it matters – Devontae Adams is going to waltz his way into the end zone for at least two touchdowns. He may not get, you know, 100-plus yards, but he's getting two very easy touchdowns from the 10-yard line or from the 30-yard line. It doesn't matter. I agree. I I think uh, there's a good chance both these guys get two touchdowns, and you're just trying to figure out which one gets over 100 yards to go with it. Uh, I like Aaron Jones more this game just because it's going to be outdoors in Green Bay in November, and I think the Packers are going to be up big, which means they'll just you know run it more. And I am not worried about Aaron Jones's health at all, given that a week ago when the Packers played on Thursday night, they said he was going to have a limited uh, snap share, and he ended up playing the entire game, including in the fourth quarter when the Packers were up by 14. So I think this is more of an Aaron Jones game than a Devonta Adams game, uh, but they definitely both can have huge fantasy days in a prime matchup. Who you got? Packers. Yeah, I'll take the Packers. Uh, next up, we got Washington at the lions the lions are four point favorites the over under is nobody knows oh, yeah and, it, was, it was undecided because there's so much up in the air with the quarterbacks but here's the thing alex smith is back and he played terribly last week but he got over 300 yards and somehow managed 17 fantasy points and that is interesting to me because he had three interceptions, one touchdown, 300 and he has 317 total yards and managed 17 fantasy points from that. I don't know how, how that works out, but that is interesting to me. And against a defense like the Lions, I am very interested in Alex Smith this week. How about you, Brian? Yeah, I have to say I, I kind of am too. I I've been having to like fight myself out of this i keep I, I keep looking i'm like alex smith looks like a great dfs play he's super cheap and the lions are terrible against the pass and then i go back and it's like alex smith was you know good with the chiefs the last time he played with them in 2017 you know 270 yards a game average you know a couple touchdowns a game but then again he wasn't good last year or in 2018, his last time actually playing is Washington's quarterback, but Washington was a different team then. So I don't know. It, it's it's so hard. I, I don't think you need to go there. I think there's too many excellent quarterback options this week to really want to play Alex Smith in DFS, but he's kind of intriguing and he's not going to be owned. And as far as season long, I think there's probably better options. I think, I mean, Jared Goff was available in a bunch of leagues. I'm actually streaming him in a number of them. Uh, Carson Wentz is available in lots of uh, season-long leagues, so I think there's slightly better options. But but Alex Smith is interesting to me. I totally agree. Um, DeAndre Swift has a great name, uh, but he's had well one and a half good games this year, and Adrian Peterson is out touching him. So we don't care about him, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like all of fantasy Twitter and all the fantasy pundits in the world, and, and actually, for that matter, I think a lot of the NFL analysts 
out there really want DeAndre Swift to be a thing. They want him to get 25 touches a game. They want to see what the kid can do with a full workload. But I don't think it's going to happen. Like you said, Adrian Peterson has outcarried Swift 93 to 54. And even Karrion Johnson's gotten 29 carries and has seen his target share go up in recent weeks. So I think the the Lions are just determined to run their backfield like the Patriots of old, where they, they play three different guys in different situations, and that makes none of them really relevant for fantasy. Sure, Swift could have a good game here or there, but it's going to be really difficult to predict, and it's going to be 100% based on him scoring uh, one or more touchdowns in a game. So I just... I don't see him being a thing anytime soon, despite what we all might want. Did you see against the Vikings? Peterson, like, caught balls and ran. Did you see that? Yeah, he he was on the field. He played football against his old team and had a couple of plays that looked decent. Yeah, Catches. He had good catches. He caught the ball. But, and yet, who cares? Still didn't matter. Like, he still wasn't fantasy relevant. The Vikings still won the game. That's what I mean. There's just... I I don't really want any part of this Detroit backfield. Gibson over McKissick? I actually like J.D. McKissick going forward. Uh, His two best games have been the two games where Alex Smith has played predominantly. uh, Weeks 5 and 9, I believe. And, obviously, Alex Smith is going to be the starting quarterback for the Washington football team going forward. Um, that makes me interested in McKissick. And and also to note, like Antonio Gibson, who certainly gets more touches each and every game, you've got to remember they're all carries. And in fact, Gibson, who this is strange because Gibson is a converted wide receiver in his rookie year. So you would think he'd be a good, you know, passing down running back doesn't play at all on third downs, like at all, less than Adrian Peterson does. So he really isn't getting the high leverage situations. He's not going to get you, you know, many extra points in PPR leagues. So I actually like McKissick a little bit more, Uh, but with both of them healthy, I think this is just yet another backfield we can more or less avoid for fantasy purposes. Who you got? I got the Lions, but I think it's really close. Oh, good. Give me Washington. Uh, next up, Buccaneers at America's favorite team, the Carolina Panthers. The Buccaneers are six-point favorites. The over/under is fifty point five points. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's out again, and Mike Davis is four thousand on DraftKings. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> yeah, so, and and, and don't we, worry. I, well, I just want to say, even for season long, like, just play Mike Davis. Like, yes, this is a terrible matchup. Yes, the Buccaneers, uh, you know, have even limited guys like Alvin Kamara to mediocre games. But play Mike Davis. Like, he gets so much of the workload and has such a high percentage of the, uh, you know, red zone touches that he's going to be valuable. If he gets in the end zone, he's, you know, almost a lock for 20 points, and he can probably get there even without scoring. Uh, the Buccaneers wide receivers or pass catchers or people that may get fantasy points. Do you trust any of them? Not really. I'm kind of in a, in a couple season long leagues. Like I'm kind of closing my eyes and hoping Chris Godwin produces actually. And then another league in Mike Evans, I guess, but like Leonard Fournette, um, out snapped Ronald Jones two to one. But Ronald Jones actually had more opportunities, targets plus carries, than Fournette did, 8-7. And all three of the Buccaneers wide receivers, Chris Godwins, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown, had five or six targets last week. So it's really just a timeshare all the way around. And, and frankly, that's probably best for the Buccaneers as a football team. That's probably the way they are most successful on offense. And so I don't know that you can count on any of them being huge fantasy contributors just given how much the ball is going to be shared amongst the five of them. Not to mention Rob Gronkowski is out there somewhere, you know, ready to steal a touchdown or two. So I'm not really interested in any bucks, but I'm going to be playing some just because it's, it's really hard to be like, yeah, I'm just going to bench Chris Godwin in what should be a pretty good matchup. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I'm worried about Mike Evans. Uh, I hope he catches two touchdowns for five yards. I'll take it. Two catches, two yards, two touchdowns again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who you got? I got the Buccaneers, Steve. I'll let you have a chance to take your favorite team for a bonus point. Oh, for a bonus point? No, not, no. like you pick one up on me. You don't get a bonus. Oh, I would have done it for a bonus. Yeah, give me the Bucks. Um, oh, my gosh. This is hell hath frozen over. Actually, actually, you know what? Give me the Panthers. Give me the Panthers. Brady looked terrible, and that maybe that's just a sign of things to come and not just New Orleans' good defense. I think it's just karma biting Tampa Bay in the butt for signing Antonio Brown. That's true. All right, I'll take this next one. The Broncos at the Raiders. The Raiders are five-point favorites. The over-under is 51.5 points. Drew Locke will not put up 30 points again because he's not going to have garbage time for all of the fourth quarter. Jerry, uh, Jerry Judy will not get 14 targets again because he won't have garbage time for all the fourth quarter. And Patrick is the um, better wide receiver on that team. I disagree with that last point, but that's it. I, I like Judy more than Patrick uh, for this game and the future. But yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about this game. Uh, oh, why am I blanking? Darren Waller. I just blanked on Darren Waller's name for a second there. Uh, Darren Waller is the only real interesting fantasy asset here. Uh, I guess Josh Jacobs too. I don't really think about him because he's not good enough to play in DFS and in season long, you either drafted him or you didn't. And if you drafted him, you're you're obviously starting him. So, yeah, not a ton of fantasy relevance here, even though this is a really high over-under, which kind of makes you think. But I don't trust anyone for DFS in this game. Who you got? I guess give me the Raiders. I don't know. Drew Locke has like... Actually, yeah, you know what? He has some oh, like no, essence of Jay that. Cutler to him. He pouts? Yeah, he's like bad he's like bad boy Jay. Although Jay came out in support of uh the orange the Cheeto man. So I Yeah, I, I was just gonna say he's is kinda dead to me. Black also a, a fan of the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. You take you take one, I'll take the other. I took the Raiders. I'll take the Broncos. All right, the Bills at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Ooh, that's close. Um, the over-under is 56 points, the highest of the week. Kenyon Drake might be back. Are you interested in Kenyon Drake? He was like the 11th overall running back drafted. Any interest? I know. You're never going to let me forget that. It's going to be like six years from now, <laughs> and you're still going to be bringing up that I was hyping Kenyon Drake in August of 2020. Um, well, not no. just hyping. Hold, not just hyping Kenny Drake, but you, you kept using the term that I absolutely hate. It, 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 I can't actually remember it right now, but it's like, if this plays out on pace for on pace. Yes. Oh my god, I hate on pace. <laughs> okay. So anyway, yeah, I, I know you're 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 crusade against the on pace people. Um, no, it, yeah. If Kenny Drake is healthy, I think this becomes a game where I don't want any part of any backfield. I mean, we've seen plenty of examples this season where Kenyon Drake gets all the carries and Chase Edmonds gets uh, the receptions out of Arizona's backfield, and neither one is super fantasy relevant. Chase Edmonds could be interesting if he was like 5K in DFS, but he's over 6K, so I don't want a timeshare running back over 6K. And on the Bills' side, I don't think Devin Singletary or Zach Moss are particularly good. And given that they also split all the touches, I don't want any part of them, regardless of circumstance. Do you want any part of Christian Kirk? Kind of. I mean, he's had 26 targets over his last four games, so after a quiet start to the season, has been really solid. Uh, he's also averaging over 20 points per game in those four, although a big part of that he, is he scored five touchdowns in just four games. So that obviously boosts your fantasy point totals quite a bit all right but rank i do these, think he's locked in as kind of a flex player now rank these player power. in order that that you would play them in in your top three wide receivers on your team So, like which one would are you most likely to plug in at wide receiver three uh which one are you le you know second most yep. and least likely uh brandon Ayuk, 
Christian Kirk, Jerry Judy. For this week. Ayuk, Kirk, Judy. But I think it's really close between Ayuk and Kirk. Okay. Um, who you got? I got the Bills. Yeah, give me the Bills. Uh, Chargers at Dolphins. The Dolphins are two and a half point favorites. That's actually kind of surprising to me. The over-under is 48 points. Preston, someone named Preston Williams is injured and now an IR. Um, so do you care about Devontae Parker? Doesn't seem like Tua is good enough to fumble his, fumble the ball all the way to Devontae Parker. <laughs> I mean, everyone's really hyped on Devontae Parker this week after Tua had a, a pretty good game against Arizona. But I, I don't know if I really buy it. Um, you know, like Parker will be fine and he's underpriced on DraftKings, but I don't particularly love him. And I'm certainly not ready to buy that Hakeem Grant is going to become a thing just because he gets some more snaps and a couple more targets. So don't really love any of the Dolphins in this game. Um, and, you know, that goes to the receivers and their their running backs, who, again, is, is going to be a mess without Miles Gaskin healthy. Matt Breida should be back, but I don't trust him or Jordan Howard or Patrick Laird or anyone else the Dolphins can find to trot out there. So, yeah, I'm just kind of – this is another game that, like, it's kind of interesting in theory, but when you really break it down, I'm, I'm just not interested on anyone on the Miami side. And the Chargers obviously have Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert, but that's about it as well for me. Well, what about running backs? Is Brita out? I know he's injured. Is he out? I, I think he's probably going to play. It's oh. it, He's going to be questionable, so we might not know until Sunday, but I, it's trending towards him playing. And so don't love him. And then on... Uh, Los Angeles side, Justin Jackson hasn't practiced, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, I should say. And, you know, we don't know yet his status on Friday, but if he's out again, I just don't know that I trust anyone in the backfield. I'd much rather put my money on Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert than Kalen Balazs, even though this is a Kalen Balazs revenge game against his old team. If he starts uh, a Balazs barrage. Yeah, we could bring that back. I thought it was the Balage Mirage. Isn't that what they the term they use? Like it's he he can't catch. That's him. that's what shifting. it should be. But it but it has been the Balage Barrage was the hype train term. <laughs> but I like Balage Mirage better because that's what he's been his entire career. So, who you got? This is a tough one. It is, but I got the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert finally like pulls out the big victory. I was gonna take the Chargers too. Oh. Uh, yeah, give me give me the Dolphins then. I think it's close. I think it's a coin flip. So I know I'm the one yeah, picking all the upsets this week. Basically, is a coin flip since they're at home and they're two and a half points favorites. All right, yep. next up. Bengals at the Steelers. The Steelers are seven and a half point favorites. The over under is forty seven and a half point points. Big Ben is on the COVID list, but uh, looks like he's probably going to play. They said he, assuming he didn't actually get COVID, he should have his his uh, last negative test on Saturday, so he should be able to play. Um, so, are you starting uh, your Bengals against the Steeler defense? No, probably not. I, I don't think Joe Mixon's going to play. If Joe Mixon plays, I would start him. But I don't feel confident in Giovanni Bernard against a great run defense, and I don't feel confident in Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins either. I suppose, depending on my season-long team, one of those two guys could you know find their way to my flex or wide receiver three spot. But even then, I just I expect most people have three better wide receivers on their roster than any Bengals this week. And I'm off Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow has been fantastic, but I'm not playing a rookie quarterback against the best pass rush in the NFL. So let's assume that Roethlisberger does play. Um, Who are you most interested in amongst uh, Claypool, Johnson, and that other guy? Who's that other guy? And Juju. Juju. Yeah. Um, For me, I think in season long, in in a vacuum, I slightly prefer Chase Claypool. He's led the team in targets over the last two weeks. 
and has really come on strong. Plus, you know, we've seen he gets a lot of usage as a running back or a pseudo running back uh, inside the five. But on DFS sites where generally Deontay Johnson is priced uh, a good amount lower than Chase Claypool, I prefer him as Deontay Johnson continues to be a receiver that when he finishes the game, which hasn't been all that frequently, unfortunately, this season, but but when he does play the whole game, he gets double-digit targets, and he's not being priced anywhere near a receiver getting that much volume. So I really like him uh, assuming that Ben Roethlisberger is active. If Roethlisberger misses the game, I don't want any part of this game whatsoever, except the Steelers' defense, because and maybe the Bengals' defense, because the, the Steelers' backup quarterbacks are truly awful. Aren't Steelers like the highest price defense? Yes, they are. Forty four hundred. Yes, you want the Steelers defense? Really? Oh, no, I, I meant for season long. No, I'm not paying forty four hundred. Are you gonna defense. trade for the Steelers defense in season long? No. No, you're not taking any action. I'm just saying that's my way of saying I don't want anything to do with this game. But like obviously you play the Steelers defense if you have it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um who you got? Steelers. Steelers to be was it nine and zero? Yeah, Steelers are legit this year. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll take the Steelers as well. Um, Seahawks at the Rams. The Rams are what? <laughs> I know, the Ram- right? The Rams are one and a half point favorites. Uh, the over under is fifty five and a half points. Uh, some people, including Brian, think Jared Goff is a good quarterback um, and will score a lot of points this week uh yes and no i don't think he's a great quarterback but he's an average okay quarterback and he works in the rams system but so here's the things to keep in mind seattle's defense gives up over 30 points per game this season when the rams have scored over 30 points in this season or last season Goff has exceeded 21 fantasy points in all but one game and you know, has been locked in as an, a QB one. And so I certainly expect the Rams to score 30 or right around there. So basically four touchdowns or more. I think Goff will account for three of those and has a great shot to get over 300 yards. And I know Steve, you're not a big Jared Goff fan, but you like Cooper cup cup and Robert Woods. And if they're both going to have kidding? good games, are you messing with Jared me? Goff is gonna, you don't like Cooper cup. I would rather die than put Cooper Cup in my lineup. Oh my gosh. Okay then. Uh I, I misremembered your affinity for Los Angeles. You don't. You don't. I had I liked Cooper Cup for a little while last year and then he just became absolute hot garbage. And no, I I would rather die than yeah. play Cooper pretty, Cup. Pretty pretty soon, because of DFS, the entire NFL is gonna be dead to you because they're all gonna fail to you one time and then you just cut them out of your life. That's right. Uh, who wait, <laughs> Tyler Lockett? Um, do you, so I was actually interested in this. I kept I kept going back into his stats, trying to find some patterns, um, and I didn't. I just couldn't figure him out. Uh, do you do you have any inkling that this could be a Tiger Tyler Lockett week? I mean, so this is another week on paper where it should be. Uh, DK Metcalf is most likely going to be shadowed by. Jalen Ramsey, who's really, really good, but DK Metcalf is a freak. We've seen him beat the best corners in the game already this season. and But since he is going to be shadowed by a really good cornerback, you would expect Tyler Lockett to be the preferred option. But it's just kind of hard to predict. I mean, if you take out his Lockett's two monster games, which I know it's kind of cheating to take out his two best games, but if you take them out, he's averaging just 11 points per game and has had four games with single-digit fantasy points. That's really concerning for a wide receiver one or a player who's, you know, priced at on DFS and used in season long like a wide receiver one. And it's, you know, it's so much volatility that you really have to think about putting him in, especially when DK Metcalf's prices come down a little bit and he's just so solid. So I don't know. It's tough. I, I think Tyler Lockett is a good play, and certainly in season long, I'm starting him, but I'm not 100% confident in him anymore. Uh, I Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. I I tried. I tried to figure it out. Um, but yeah. yeah I I, it, it, so he it, did it, it against Arizona. 
He did it against Arizona on the road. He did it against Dallas at home. And then he had two regular games against New England and against Atlanta on the road. I don't, like, I'm not getting anything from that. Like, each each of those games, like, one of them, he had eight targets. Uh, one of them, he had 13 targets. In, against Arizona, he had 20 targets. But, like, it didn't make sense because the week after that, against San Francisco, where they put up almost the same amount of points, he had five targets. So, like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. I think... I think most likely it's just it's the Seahawks game plan going into the week and I don't think anyone outside of their locker room can say for certain what that game plan is going to be. So unless the game plan is get the ball to Tyler Lockett, I don't think you can count on him. But any week could be the get the ball to Tyler Lockett week. So I think he's still a tournament play in DFS and a start in season long. It's just he's going to be a volatile player each and every week going forward. Whereas DK Metcalf um, is just see, good. He's good. He's just good. But at the same time, his worst games this year have been on the road. He's played significantly better and got significantly more fantasy points at, at home than on the road. And so, like, that's an easy one. Like, you don't, I mean, you can play him, but don't expect like 3x his salary. Expect like two and a half times his salary. I mean, that's true, but like he's only had one bad game that, that did happen to be on the road, and it was against Arizona. But even his other worst game is over 17 points, and he had over 100 yards receiving. So it's just, like, if he scores a touchdown, he's really good. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he's going to disappoint. I think that's what we can see from him is he has not, you know, he doesn't have a lot of weeks where he's got a monster week ahead of him. He's not likely to get you 150 yards like Julio Jones can do you know, four or five times a season. It looks like maybe at most we're going to get two of those types of games from DK Metcalf. So I think that's fair. And that does make him a little cost prohibitive uh, in DFS, but he's just good. Like he's just a really good player and he's going to succeed each and every week one way or another. Who you got? I got the Seahawks. I don't know why they're the underdogs. Yeah, I'll take the Seahawks. Next up, 49ers at Saints. The Saints are nine and a half point favorites. The over-under is 50 points. Michael Thomas is old and not very good anymore. Um, right? Poor 27-year-old Michael Thomas. So past <laughs> his prime. I do, you're not playing. He, he's he's one of those we were talking about, like, show me. Give, <laughs> he's, the Al, he's Alshon Jeffrey this year. Show me. You do it once. And then I will trust you again. I mean, kind of, but at the same time, like, he's going to win someone a million dollars this year on DraftKings. Like, he he's he was priced around 9K last year. He's 7400 this season, or this week. And that just means eventually he's going to get his 14-catch, 130-yard touchdown day and, you know, break a slate and, and win someone all the money. And, and you're, you just got to ask yourself, like, do you trust that it's not this week enough to not play him when he's relatively cheap? and Or are you comfortable, you know, missing out on that week? And so that's going to be tough to do. I think if you're building more than 10 lineups, you want to try to get him in at least one or two. But if you're doing, you know, a three max or a single lineup, it you can fade him and be okay. Just know that, like, it's certainly possible that he is the highest scoring player on the slate. So I don't know if you're just trying to mess with me and get me to say like random people's names that don't exist. Uh, but apparently there's someone named Richie James on the 49ers and he played well against the Packers. Is that a thing? Is he, is he a real person? Yeah, And if you, if you played the showdown slates, you would know this. Yeah. He put up uh, 36 fantasy points against green Bay, nine catches for 184 yards and a touchdown. So Debo's out. Are you interested in Richie James? No, not really. Kendrick Bourne uh, just found out on Friday that he's going to be activated off the COVID list, and Brandon Nayuk is going to be playing as well. So I think Richie James is down to being the third wide receiver for San Francisco. And I don't think even if he was the second most targeted player on the team, he would have much fantasy value against the Saints. And I believe when I was looking at it, Ayuk has more targets and more yards and more touchdowns on the road 
than he does um, at home. And so going up against the Saints, it might be a Brandon Ayuk day. I like this. You're digging into the stats, Steve. I approve. So who you got? I got the Saints. Uh, I agree with the Saints. Ravens at the Patriots. The Ravens are seven and a half point favorites. The over-under is 43 points, the lowest of the week. Are you starting anyone from this game? Even, like, anyone? At all? Anyone? Um, I'm starting Lamar Jackson. I see what are you, you did there, Steve. Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't have Lamar Jackson in a single fantasy league, so I don't have to make that determination. If I took a quarterback early, it was Mahomes. Uh, but I think if you if you have Lamar Jackson, again, the only quarterback that you – actually, I suppose there's two options this week. If you happen to pick up Justin Herbert, uh, I would consider starting him over Lamar Jackson. Probably, Actually, I probably would. And Or if you are able to pick up Jared Goff, I think – I might I would start Jared Goff ahead of Lamar Jackson this week. But other than that, any other quarterback I would rank ahead of him has long been taken by someone else, so they're not an option. Uh so I would you know, so you know, barring those two options, I would start Lamar Jackson and then probably still comfortable starting Mark Andrews even though he hasn't reached 60 yards yet this year. And so in in that respect has been pretty disappointing, but there aren't that many great tight ends and I don't think it's easy to say someone like Dallas Goddard or Austin Hooper clearly better than Mark Andrews. So you're probably starting him, but, but that's it for me. I don't want anyone on the Patriots, including Cam Newton. And I don't trust uh, Marquise Brown or anyone else on the Ravens offense. I agree. Who you got? I got the Ravens. Ooh. It would be just a Patriot thing this year to beat the Ravens. Talk yourself into it. I like where this is going. Nah, give me the Ravens. All right. The... Would anything be better than if the, the Patriots were just terrible for the next decade? Like, uh, if I can think of a couple better things. <laughs> like if uh, in four years... Uh, the orange man runs again and destroys his party and there's a blue wave instead of a red wave. <laughs> uh, but that's an Fair aside. Enough. Fair enough. Next up, the Vikings at the Bears, America's game of the week. <laughs> the Vikings My are... The, week. the Vikings somehow are two and a half point favorites against a, what, a five and six, six and three, five and four. How, what is the Bears record? Uh, I think five and three. Five and three. Even though they're going to overtime against the New Orleans Saints, who just killed Tom Brady, apparently the Vikings are two and a half points better on the road against the Bears. <laughs> but the over-under is 45 points, and the Vikings always lose in Chicago. Um, but Jay Cutler isn't playing this time. So, Or Chase Daniel. So do you think that changes this year? Yes, but the fact that I'm saying that, you know, almost guarantees that the Vikings uh, lay an egg and are terrible and get shut out against Chicago. Like, that's just Khalil Mack playing? I assume so. So, yeah, it's going to be bad. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Chicago's going to win this game. The Vikings are going to suck. Start Dalvin Cook, but don't expect a lot. And. Thielen and Jefferson are questionable to me this week. I agree uh, about Thielen and Jefferson. I know how this is going to go. Well, I I agree about Thielen and Jefferson because I don't think that Kirk Cousins is going to be able to do anything if he uh, feels like pressure is coming. And he may not actually have pressure. He'll try. I don't I think Dalvin Cook will be fine, though. He, He is just so unbelievably good regardless of of uh how well the offensive line is playing like have you like you watch him just skirt through a hole he turns like from he turns like from this you know decently sized person decently sized strong person into like this skinny little tiny guy getting right through a hole really quickly it's almost like he's tiptoeing at like breakneck speed through a hole 
and then he'll he'll put his shoulder into someone and like knock them to the ground at the same time it's it's amazing he's amazing yeah best back in football i i agree i don't think i don't think there's a question especially like you know you could talk about like uh peyton manning versus tom brady you know peyton manning was the better player at the quarterback position but tom brady you know just had better opportunities and won more super bowls dalvin cook is a better running back at the running back position than christian mccaffrey or alvin kamara yeah i totally agree all right who you got I'm gonna go with the Bears, just so that even if the Viking, or even if the Vikings lose, I have something to be happy about. I w- I wasn't gonna go with the Vikings until I saw it was a primetime game. <laughs> so in Chicago, in, in Chicago. November. Yeah, give me. The, oh man, we're we're both gonna be so wrong on this too. I bet it's, I bet the Vikings do win. Um, I don't care. I don't even care. <laughs> I will happily take the loss in our inconsequential uh, game pick'em on this podcast. If, if that happens but like it's not gonna happen the vikings always suck when you expect them to do well against the bears it's true and they're favored so they will definitely suck so yeah i'll take yep. the bears all right brian your three games against the spread so i'm taking uh three underdogs this week two of whom i actually think are gonna win uh first is houston texans plus three i really don't know why they're not favored against the browns uh, i'm taking your panthers to keep the game within six against the buccaneers i think the bucks win but only by three or four and then finally i'm taking the bills against the cardinals the bills are getting one and a half points but again i think they win this game i think they're the better team uh yeah i, I kind of i kind of agree with all that all of that uh, my upset pick, I had a lot of options this week. Uh, yeah. Seahawks uh, would be one. Um, the Chargers could be one, even though I picked the Dolphins. Uh, the Bills against the Cardinals. There's a lot of good ones. But I think the one I feel most confident on is probably the Seahawks beating the Rams. Since the Rams are at home and the Seahawks, like if it was on a neutral playing field, it would be uh, a Seahawks winning with a two-point favorite. So... Yeah, Seahawks, I think, lock of the week. That's for me. All right, so let's yeah. move on to some DFS. Let's try to go go through this pretty quickly. Everyone play Mike Davis at 4,000 or don't play Mike Davis because everyone else will be playing Mike Davis. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. And isn't, isn't DFS talk fun? So in cash, in 50-50s and head-to-heads or anything with less than like 10 teams in the tournament, uh, play Mike Davis 100%. If you're doing a large scale tournament with, you know, hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands of lineups, you're going to have to make a decision. Do you want to play Mike Davis in pretty much every lineup or do you want to play almost no Mike Davis? And you need to do that in order to make sure that your lineups have some leverage against the field. I don't think this is a case of where you want to play like exactly as much Mike Davis in your lineups as other is the the field does in general. Uh, because he's either going to score a touchdown and vastly exceed his value and break the slate, or he's going to be held um, without a touchdown, and then there will be better options out there, and there's not really any in-between. So I think you've got to make that decision. I'm likely going to side on just playing Mike Davis in every lineup. I think he's too cheap, and he just opens up so much value for you in a week where you kind of need it because you want to pay up a quarterback and you want to pay up a wide receiver. So any for the, the Packers, what, what was that? Do you disagree or agree with any of that? I mean, I only play a couple of of uh, lineups and they're all cash. And so I'll just be playing Mike, da- Mike Davis so that I can cancel out the other person's Mike Davis just in case he goes off. Yep, that that's exactly the right way to look at it. So yeah, so you, if he gets two points, you're fine because everyone else will have played him. If he gets 50 points, you're fine because you also have him. Uh, the Packers of the Saints um, have the highest, you know, suspected uh, fantasy totals. But you also have games like the Bills at the Cardinals, which will be a big uh, fantasy scoring game. You have the Seahawks at the Rams, which will be a big fantasy scoring game. Which which games are you targeting here? Is there one so, that's more obvious than the other? I don't think so. I think the Bills-Cardinals is the most likely game 
to meet expectations, to be really high scoring and to have the players we expect to get all the points. I think the Seahawks Rams game, because it's an, it's a divisional matchup between two teams that know and despise one another and that are fighting for their playoff seating could end up being more defensive than we expect. I don't think it's going to be a 10 to nine game, but it wouldn't shock me if that game ends up being 24, 21. And so given that fact, I prefer stacking the bills and Cardinals, but I definitely like the Ram side of the ball. I don't see any way in which uh, at least one of Cooper cup and Robert Woods doesn't succeed this game. So I want at least one of those two in my lineups. And as for the Packers and saints, uh, I really like their teams and their individual players, but I don't like anyone on their opponents, uh, the 49ers and the Jaguars. So I generally just will, you know, want to play one of Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and Aaron Jones, and just get one of those four guys into my lineup just so that I have some exposure to these offenses. But I don't really want to stack either one because I don't think they have to score 40 points to win their games. Fair enough. Um I also agree with the Seahawks-Rams game. Those games are always weird, and so it could go either way. It could be high scoring. Um, it could be a blowout. It could be low scoring. I don't I don't trust those, those divisions when they play each other. All right. Wide receivers. So with Kamara being a very obvious pick this week and Devontae Adams being an almost clearly obvious pick this week, you will probably have to put in, um, you probably will actually get the opportunity to put in uh, one of these mid-priced wide receivers because you'll be playing Mike Davis also at 4000 And so you'll be able to put in one of these mid-priced wide receivers. You won't probably won't have to punt. I mean, you might. But um, is there any that you're targeting over the others, you know, from 6000 down to 5000 Yeah, so, so for me, I think... Um... The guys I like, and I still haven't decided as of Friday which one of the Steelers wide receivers I like, but Chase Claypool's 5,800. Deontay Johnson's 5,200. Uh, again, assuming Roethlisberger's in, at least one of those two is going to be a very good play. I think I'm siding with Deontay Johnson just because he's $600 cheaper and, again, has gotten plenty of, of volume every game he's been active for. Uh, so, But I, I definitely want one of the Steelers guys if I can. And then the other uh, – Guy I really like is Brandon Cooks at 5,600. I'm starting to come off of wanting to stack this game with, you know, Deshaun Watson, Cooks, and Fuller, but I still really like Brandon Cooks. He's been averaging over 21 uh, fantasy points a game over his last four, just been excellent and is way underpriced for that production. Uh, but, but those are the three main guys I really like, um, though there's a lot in this. I mean, Devontae Parker's 5,000, DJ Moore's 5,100. Like, they're both very good. John Brown's 5,300. He's going to be obviously in a lot of your Josh Allen stacks. Uh, but the Steelers wide receivers and Brandon Cooks are my favorite in that mid-price range. I actually agree with those picks. Okay. Hey. Let's move on to our DFS head-to-head. So every week, Brian and I do a head-to-head matchup where we're taking some of our DFS um, philosophies, our DFS strategies, and applying them to our own lineup and then going head-to-head with each other. So Brian is up six to three now is that it that is correct you know he he he, he gets lucky he gets lucky mm-hmm. um brian's up six to three now and he promised he said this week oh no not he always puts his his best effort into this lineup right is that right brian yeah, it was the other league that i said i don't okay the other league he doesn't put his but i'm going to i'm gonna i'm gonna give you my best tournament lineup in that other league steve and and crush you in both all right that's my lock i will go i think you went first uh last week so i will go first this week my qb this week um i feel a little weird about this um but i feel pretty good about my lineup so my qb this week is alex smith at 5200 what i think is the lowest priced um quarterback this week and the thing that threw me was that 17 points off of just a god awful horrible game for alex smith so can only go up if he gives me 20 points i will be very happy i can't believe you had the stones to do that 
I didn't. I thought about it, but I did not have the internal fortitude to put Alex Smith into my catch game lineup. So kudos to you. I like it. Uh, I am kind of going the opposite. I'm going with the tried and true, the player that I we've put both been putting in our cash lineups for much of the season, and, and certainly since Kyler. Kyler Murray's been priced up. No, since he's been priced up. Uh, I'm going with our boy, Justin Herbert, at 6,600. Yeah. Uh, he's just been phenomenal, averaging 26.9 DraftKings points per week. Uh, he's just been super solid, and even though it's not a terrific matchup against the Dolphins, it's not a terrible one either. And really, I was debating between him and Jared Goff, who is Jared Goff's a little cheaper at 6,500, and you know he has the great matchup. But I was looking, even when, even though Jared Goff's been really good, uh, whenever the Rams have had to score, he's never actually gotten, um, or he's only once gotten over uh, 27 points in those in those games uh, when the Rams have scored 30 or more points. And so I don't think Jared Goff has a tremendous ceiling in the way that Justin Herbert does, as we've seen Justin Herbert have 40-point games. So I went with him, and I'm pretty com- comfortable with him there. Your, your running backs? Uh, so for mine, uh, my first two running backs, I'm going uh, cheap in these two spots uh, to get some value. Mike Davis, who we talked about, free square. And then my other is Duke Johnson uh, for Houston. He's only 5K. I do think he's a safe bet to get you 15 points. And again, if he gets into the end zone against a very poor Cleveland run defense, he's a good bet to get you over 20. And I really wanted the value. Uh, I could have been persuaded to maybe go with a, a wide receiver instead of Duke Johnson. So I guess that gives away I'm using a running back in my flex. Uh, but ended up taking Johnson over guys like Deontay Johnson or... Uh, Devontae Parker. I just wanted the floor that the running back provides. I think that's a terrible pick, and I love it. Um, (laughs) So for my running backs, I also have Mike Davis, and I put in Alvin Kamara going in San Francisco. San Francisco's awful. Hopefully this uh, doesn't blow up in my face, and I get a good week out of him. So I am just asking you this because I I know a lot of people react differently than what you apparently done, Steve. But if you look on DraftKings and you look at Alvin Kamara's name and at his opponent rank, it says that San Francisco is the best team in the NFL against running backs for fantasy. That didn't scare you at all. I don't care. Yeah, I think that's the right attitude. For Alvin Kamara, um, similar to like Christian McCaffrey and and Dalvin Cook, he, he gets so much opportunity that... You know, if he gets three or four less points than normal, or three or four less points on a breakout day, because every game for him is like it's like a breakout game. You can't really hold him down because he gets so much opportunity. He's a decent player. Um, that I'm not, I'm not concerned by the defense. I'm more concerned like if Drew Brees starts playing poorly, you know, and if Drew Brees can't complete, you know, open passes to him. Or if um, he gets injured, or if uh, one other, or if they decide to game flow, to, if he gets game flowed into like Traquan Smith getting 20, 20 targets or something ridiculous, you know, that's the only thing I, I, I would worry about. Yeah, I think that's right. He's he's an elite player, or as you said, he's okay. <laughs> he's decent. And you don't have to worry about him. Uh, my wide receivers are Devontae Adams. So I got two of the highest. Uh, this week and I went with my same strategy from last week in a different league is I took Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson uh, which came out to 11,000 overall which 2,000 more than uh, Devontae Adams my my hope there is that they get me at least 30 points and I said that last week and they got me like 29.8 points or something like that they didn't you know it wasn't great it could have been much higher uh, but didn't hurt me and i ended up getting you know if if Devontae adams gets me 30 points and chase claypool and deontay johnson together get me 30 points and i get 60 points for my wide receivers i'll be okay yeah i like that 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 is uh not bad playing at all and i think you're right it when when you really look at it like that you've kind of locked in that there's a good shot that your three wide receivers for 20k get you 60 points and it would be kind of surprising if they didn't even if one or two of them don't fully meet expectations that the combination of them will. So I really like that in a cash strategy. 
Uh, I didn't go that route. I went for the the big ceiling route. And Steve, I think you'll like this because I paid up at wide receiver. Ooh. So my cheapest wide receiver uh, starts with Robert Woods at 6,600. Uh, I love the matchup against the Seahawks. Woods has averaged 16 points a game and uh, should easily eclipse that in the best possible matchup. And, and notably, too, he's a little bit cheaper than Cooper Cup while having the same production throughout the season. And the Seahawks are particularly bad against outside wide receivers, which is where Robert Woods plays. So I like him. Then at 6,800, I went with uh, Scary Terry McLaurin. Ooh, I uh, almost just, played him. Just a phenomenal play against Detroit, whose secondary is absolute trash. Uh, I think Alex Smith will be a benefit to uh, F1 because the throws will be more on target, and so I really like him this week. And then finally, uh, matching up Keenan Allen at 7,100 with my quarterback, Justin Herbert. Uh, Allen's just been phenomenal all season. He's just a lock for 20 points and is is still too cheap, even though he's a thousand more than he was for much of the year. So my comment there is I had Devontae Adams and Keenan Allen in my lineup before I tinkered with it. Um, Keenan Allen has his worst games of the season have all been on the road. And so that's one of the, and Miami is a decent defense. And so that's why I took him out is the, this game would have to be against the grain for him uh, to go three X his salary. I mean, okay, so if you're looking at, but if you're looking at games where Herbert has started, so I'm throwing out week one because that was Tyrod Taylor. So week two on his on-the-road games um, did only get you 14 points against Tampa Bay, so that's true. Against New Orleans, only played one quarter and still got you 11 points. And against Denver, got you almost 22 points. So I'm okay with that. I, I see what you're where you're going at. I'm just I'm confident Keenan Allen gets nine catches and 80 yards. And so that, that floor is of 17 points is just there, and I'm, I'm happy with that at 7K. Okay. Uh, uh, moving on. I'm tight end first, I think. Yes. Yeah, so my tight end uh, had to go cheap somewhere, and this is where I did, and I'm going with Austin Hooper at 3,900. He's a guy coming off an injury but should jump right back into a great role, and we've already seen the last couple of games without Odell Beckham that the Browns have focused on throwing the ball to their tight ends as you know Harrison Bryan and David Njoku have been fantasy assets the past couple of games, and I, Austin Hooper is obviously better than either of those, those guys, so I really like him at 3,900. I don't fault that. I went with the reliable target route, and I went with Darren Waller uh, going against Las Vegas. He had 5,900, so I paid up at uh, tight end. Uh, I was just looking for the targets. And that so, so brings me... That's where your quarterback money went, I see. Mm-hmm. And uh, that brings me to my flex, looking for the targets. I went with your boy, Evan Ingram. Uh, for forty five hundred in my flex, because he's getting te- you know ten targets a game in the last two games, and like you said, twenty six over the last three. Um, so you know maybe there's a chance that he can catch one in the end zone. I mean, he might have to throw it to him ten times, but maybe he'll catch one in the end zone. I love that pick. I love it. Double tight end. I love it. And and you know what? If you look through, like at that price range of forty five hundred and below. I think he is just straight up the best fantasy asset that that you could find. I don't think any running back or wide receiver priced at or below him is a better play this week, other than Mike Davis, which obviously you already have. So uh, I love that play. I, I think it's really smart, and I don't hate it all that you have two tight ends in there. Um, I went a little different route. I'm paying up in my flex spot, saving saving one of my best plays for last and that's uh, running back Aaron Jones at 7,100. I think he's a steal this week, given that he has as high of upside as anyone in the NFL. He hasn't been as consistent as some other high-priced players, but he was $1,100 cheaper than Alvin Kamara and just about 2 k cheaper than Devontae Adams. So I wanted to have some of that Packers offense and just decide to take the 2 k savings and play Aaron Jones. Uh, we'll see if that comes to bite me, but I really, really like him going into the week. I I actually like that. That's that's a little bit concerning to me. Although my Alvin Kamara versus Duke Johnson um, matchup, I, I'm okay with that one. Um, so at defense, I had to punt uh, as I do every week, and I had to decide between um, 
the Rams, the Jaguars, or the Bengals. And or I think was I able no, yeah, it was the or Rams, the Jaguars, or Bengals. And so, Oh no, you oh sorry, yeah, Seahawks are a hundred more. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch, and, good sir. And so I went with probably the one that is going to be the lowest scoring, hopefully. Uh, I went with the Bengals. And hopefully I don't get negative points. <laughs> wow. You play in the Cincinnati defense. I, uh, I I probably would have gone with the Rams in that case and just hope that they sacked Russell Wilson like five times uh, so that, you know, they get at least five points. But, but yeah, that, that's all crapshoot. That's tough. But it's just defense, so we won't worry about it too much. I, I had a little bit more money than you. I didn't pay up, but I, I got up to 2700 so I get to go with the New York football Giants defense against the Eagles. Uh, the Giants are not a great defense, but they get – you know, double digit sacks or double digit. They get multiple <laughs> sacks each game. Uh, the last time they played Philadelphia, they scored five points on defense. So even if they just get that, I'm I'm fine with that. I wasn't comfortable going much lower and just didn't need to to work anything in my lineup as I still had two hundred dollars of salary left over. Uh, I couldn't get to the Saints at three K, who are probably my favorite defense of the week, uh, and so just going with the Giants to be average this weekend i'm a little nervous i feel like this one might actually be close for your sake i hope so i i'm feeling pretty good i this is the best i felt about my wide receivers all year i mean they're all over 6600 so i should feel good about it but there's just so much value and i i do think it comes down to if alex smith gets you over 20 points uh or if duke johnson puts up a huge stinker i could be in a lot of trouble yeah. And either or both of, both of those could definitely happen. You talking about value, you sound like a woman coming home from Target. It was on sale. It was it was only I guess how much I paid for this. Twelve dollars. You're like, it's a candle. Why would you pay twelve dollars for a candle? It was it was the regular price thirty dollars. I had to get it. But you're, so you're missing the other side of that where, where they come home and it was all, everything was on sale. They spent $400, but everything that was purchased was on sale. Exactly. And no, no offense to women. I just buy stuff regular price and I take the shame. So <laughs> that's right. We, we men, we don't save the money at any, in any way. We just spend it all, but, uh, but we'll make fun of you for saving it. So it's in in a sense it's a compliment. Like all men do backhanded compliments. Good job, men. Um Okay. Anyways. All the, the women listening to our podcast, we apologize. Uh, all none. Let's wrap it up. All right. So check us out uh at dailyfantasyweekly.com. You can follow Brian at tryhardff on Twitter where he gives all the hot fantasy takes. And I think that's it. We'll see you again for our week a week 10 recap show. And I feel like I should say peace out or something. <laughs>